Hello, what's up, and welcome to the Weekenders. This is the show where we like to talk football, and we know it's been a couple weeks, so we're happy to see you um, back watching, listening to us, however you are consuming this. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, since it's been a while, uh, Bobby, Lexi, how have you been? Anything new, any any great developments over the last couple weeks? It's been a while. Oh, no, just, you know, living the life, preparing for my nerves this weekend. <laughs> it's all coming up so fast, so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've fully shifted into college, uh, well, not college, basketball, um, because a little college basketball mode, mainly at the NBA, uh, watching Shea Gilgis-Alexander turn into one of the best players in the NBA, just kind of focusing on that, uh, celebrating recruiting wins, great, great recruiting cycle for OU football, so I'm cool with that. Um, and then again, hey, visually, if you're confused why I'm wearing TCU stuff, uh, I had to hop on the frog bandwagon uh, for this uh, upcoming weekend. Got a lot of good friends down there in Fort Worth. They've always treated me well. So uh, for this time, Don in the purple. So no offense, Lexi. That's no a bold offense. Choice. Hey, I've been I've been connecting with some TCU fans on Twitter, and it's been so fun. I'm getting my ass down to Texas for some from barbecue and tailgating next year. I've already planned it out. Oh, absolutely. You got to. You got to. Fort Worth is a great town. I already have I already have recommendations all the way, as I'm sure Good. they've given you. I'll make sure I reach out to you. There we go. Um, well, I mean, all that's great. Everyone's doing well. Um, listen, let's talk about some of the things that have happened in college football since we've uh since we last, you know, recorded an episode. I mean, we don't have to touch everything, but I guess uh what is what is the piece of news that I guess surprises you the most? I mean, we had um, Deion Sanders go to Colorado. We had um, some people obviously decide to leave school. Some people decided to stay. Some guys like um, like Bo Nix and Sam Hartman decided to come back to school um, instead of you know go to the draft. I believe um, I don't know if this has been updated yet, but the last I saw. Um, Sam Hartman's pegged to go to Notre Dame, which is huge news for them. So out of everything that's come out in the last couple of weeks, which, uh, which college, which news or piece of news in the realm of college football surprised you the most? Bobby, you can go first. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know if I was surprised by Dion going to Colorado, but that is probably the biggest thing, uh, biggest development for me. Um, because he's he's already making he's already making waves, already making moves in recruiting. Uh, that's a big deal to me, uh, and I, I feel like he's going to turn things around, especially from you know the talent standpoint side there in Colorado. Um, that is a, I, I think a slept like a bit of a sleeping giant that people don't understand. I mean, look what Mel Tucker was able to do with the Buffaloes in his short time there. Uh, th- that is a place where you can win. Uh, you know, Boulder's a good town. I think Dion's going to do great. I will say. The biggest Dion surprise to me was him absolutely blowing the celebration bowl. Uh, Jackson State losing to what North Carolina Central State was it? Yeah, yeah, North Carolina Central NCCU. Yeah. Yeah. NCCU. Yeah, that that was stunning. Second time uh, Jackson State has entered uh, a celebration bowl, highly favored, and then completely botching it. Um, so I don't know that that was a surprise to me for sure. Uh, hopefully he can turn things around in Colorado because uh, that's I don't know don't like I, I i don't like the vibes it feels a little choky there but you know look that's that's a whole different story 
I'd probably say like Oregon totally fumbling the bag with Dante Moore. <laughs> I I just think that uh, that was like you always heard rumblings too about Michigan State, you know, being in in the in the running for that still too. So that was kind of fun to like watch them get their hopes up. But like uh, just going to UCLA and like then Bo Nix coming back, and you're like, what? Like what are they doing? I don't I don't think it's a good idea. But you know, uh, to watch that all happen, you're like, wow, okay, well. Uh, now Dante Moore, regardless, is going to you know be, but now he's going to be in the Big Ten maybe. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that in 2024. But uh, what? Yo, I was going to say this with Oregon. What a great final day of National Signing Day for them. Honestly, other than yeah, like, they, they, they made did, up for it for sure. Yeah, they 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 did lose Dante Moore, but they made up for it with just a insane barrage of five stars. Uh, couldn't hey couldn't keep Peyton Bowen though. Uh, that was one of the weirdest stories I'd saw, I, I'd seen, where he flipped from uh, Notre Dame to Oregon out of nowhere, uh, and then a day later didn't sign his uh, national letter of intent and flipped to Oklahoma. So um, that was certainly a uh, whirlwind to be following, and um, yeah, very weird stuff. The world of recruiting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pac-12 is going to be insane. Uh, and, and and like in a vacuum next year will be insane. In a couple years, a lot of teams in the Pac-12 will be in the Big Ten. But like, if you just look at next year with the like you guys mentioned the Dante more more news, he picks UCLA. Um, you know, DR in Colorado. We already know what USC is. We already know what Oregon is with Bo Nix coming back, especially. Um, I mean, UCLA will still be a good team. Um. Washington, Michael Penny's Jr. Is, is coming back. Like, the Pac-12 is going to be an insane conference next year, and I'm really excited to watch it personally. Um, but, I mean, I was just happy. I, I wasn't worried about this. I had a source that uh, I trusted that told me that this was going to be the case, but Drake May staying in North Carolina was a relief to me. Um, not surprising at all, again, but, you know, happy that um, – Loyalty still exists <laughs> in some aspects in college football, but no, nah, just it's it's just funny. Uh, I, what actually surprised me though was like I did see a lot of um, former players or like players that you know are in the NFL or you know players that you know are affiliated with like different schools that, that may be upperclassmen or whatever. Um, I, I saw a lot of people like come out and comment about, you know, you know, the transfer portal and how kids were like, like, I, like it was like tweets along the lines of like, all right, what are you going to do? You know, you're not starting at this school. Uh, what are you going to do with the next school if you don't start transfer again? It's like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of, to see a lot of players kind of comment on like how the transfer portal is getting, getting a little ridiculous and how kids are just like, you know, quitting too early. Like I was surprised to see how, but I was surprised to see that many players, you know, say something about it. Cause usually it's media, it's coaches, you know, that always you know talk about it, but there's a lot of players that are saying, Hey, like, you know, stick it out. Like don't just jump to the transfer portal just because you're not, you know, getting your opportunity. Um, Bobby, you know, you're wearing TCU. Max Duggan is a great example of a guy that, you know, hung in there and got his opportunity. And, you know, he's a Heisman finalist going to go to the draft and has a chance to win a championship. So, you know, to the players, like, you know, sometimes the transfer portal works out, sometimes it doesn't. And I think it's it was interesting to see how many, you know, players, like, spoke up and said, hey, like, this is 
<laughs> you know, kind of crazy. Just jump into the transfer portal just because you're not, you know, whatever. Like, you know, just hang in there, stick it out, and, you know, um, and try to make things work at the, at the school you're at. Right. Uh, I mean, the old adage, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, I think I think there's something that is truly that that is true to that. And everyone's situation is different. But I feel like in some scenarios, patience is definitely the option. And um, yeah, it just just because you aren't playing now doesn't mean because here's the thing. If you go out in portal might end up at a worse spot than we were before. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's still so early with this transfer portal that I think once they can start getting some statistics of uh, your chance to play somewhere else after leaving your school is not good and, and, and stuff like that. Once we can get some more data on it, I think it'll d- deter, you know, guys from wanting to jump around so much. But it's still early. It, it's, it's new. It's easy. But I think also it kind of attests to the generation a little bit where it's like a little bit of sign of competition or trouble and you want to go running where it's like just stick it out. It'll make you better. Like, you know, having that competition and that challenge is what creates champions. So, um, you know, it was bound to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Competition is everywhere. Always got to compete, whether you're, um, you know, the starter on your team or, you know, the third string or fourth string, like transferring, staying where you're at. It's it's always competition. You're always going to have to compete. So definitely interesting to see kind of what will come out of all this. Um, in the next couple of years, I, I totally agree. Um, all right, well, let's get into some um, football discussion. We have some huge games to talk about, particularly in the ranks of college football, but also in the NFL as well. Um, and this weekend, uh, Saturday, New Year's Eve, kicks off the college football playoff um, semifinal with uh, the first game we're going to talk about being TCU and Michigan. Um, at the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona, Saturday at 4 o'clock Eastern. Um, I, I guess the the most obvious strategy for both of these teams is going to be stopping the run. Um, it was, there's no Blake Corum. He's, he's out for the year, but Donovan Edwards is still a great running back for Michigan. Um, TCU is going to want to stop him. Condre Miller for, um, for TCU, great running back. He's been a huge part of their game. Uh, Michigan's going to want to uh, stop stop that side of the ball for for TCU as well. So um, my question to start off this, this the discussion about this game is: Which team do you guys think is more equipped to stop the opposing team's running game? I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but our our defense has just been very good at doing that. Um, I think that. Stopping the run is is something that Michigan is excellent at. Now, giving up those big plays is 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 a little bit worrisome on my end. But you know, stopping the run, I just gotta say Michigan because they've just been doing it so well all season long. Yeah, Michigan, I will say, you know, has an excellent run defense, and they are very solid. I I will say though, trying to stop TCU's running game is is going to be tricky. Not only is is, is Kendra Miller a incredibly dynamic running back. Uh, it, bo- both in the passing game and the, in the, in the rushing game, we got to worry about Max Duggan too, who absolutely is a very dangerous dual threat quarterback can bur- go off in large, large burst or just rough it up down the middle. Um, I think TCU probably poses a more dangerous rushing threat, but uh, in terms of who's equipped to stop it more, it's also Michigan. So 
Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like Michigan has really run into a lot of dual threat QBs this year. No, this is by far the like most dangerous quarterback they're facing. Yeah. So yeah, for well, yeah. sure. Well, yeah, I mean, let's take it a step further then because let's say both teams are great at stopping the run. Which, which team do you think is more equipped to stop the opposing team's quarterback? Because that's going to be the next step. We saw JJ McCarthy sort of show that he can, um, you know, operate well as a passer. Then Max Duggan, we know like how good he is, obviously, as you guys mentioned, as a dual threat. So which team do you think will have more success stopping the quarterback if the running game is neutralized? Lexi, Lexi, you got this. You know, our linebackers, Michigan's linebackers are going to need to have a day because, like, you know, uh, you said, Bobby, that Duggan is just an incredibly mobile quarterback. And so you need, you know, Junior Colson needs to step up and make sure that he contains Max if if, if this is whatever. It's going to be probably a little bit more difficult um, for Michigan to contain that because they haven't seen someone like this. Um, Michigan isn't really a flashy offensive quarterback, you know, offensive like with our quarterback and, you know, running it through through the air. So um, the it's going to be, I think, a little bit more tricky for Michigan. But, you know, you got to you got to stand up to the test. These are the biggest and best games that you, you play in your career in college. So. Uh, I'll say that Michigan's got their hands full with, with Max. Right. I, I think that, that is, that assessment is correct. Uh, Michigan is just a, um, it, look, they're a solid defense. They've, they've stopped good quarterbacks, like solid quarterbacks. They stopped Stroud, but you know, Duggan is a different animal. He's, he is way more dynamic than anyone they faced all season. And he makes things, he makes life hell on you for so many ways. And not only that, but the frogs have this way of like, they don't really give up. You you can get go, you could go up big on them, and they still find a way to scrap and make it a game. They don't seem to be phased by that. Now, look, here's the thing: it's a college football playoff. This moment is bigger than anything they've faced so far. I don't really know. Like Michigan's going to have to rattle them early, um, and really make things difficult on them early. Because if you get if you get Duggan and that TCU offense comfortable, if Quinton Johnson be, uh, becomes a massive factor, that's going to be an issue. Um, I will say, look, there, there was a lot of chatter. Uh, you know, uh, Sonny Dykes did say that they want to stop uh, Michigan's running game and let, uh, you know, let the passing game beat them. And I, I, I know, you know, maybe some Michigan fans took took offense to that. But um, with all due respect to J.J. McCarthy, very solid quarterback, um, you know, their, their running game just flat out is a little bit better. It is more dynamic. It is how they, you know, managed the game a little bit better. Um, I think, I think passing wise, uh, McCarthy is going to have a challenge, you know, uh, obviously Tomlinson, that X, uh, the, uh, Thorpe award winning, uh, safety is going to make things tr- tricky. Texas held, uh, or sorry, TCU held Texas to, uh, zero offensive touchdowns, uh, earlier this season, a, a offense that I saw personally completely destroy Oklahoma. Uh, and I know what they're capable of, um, so I, I'm just saying, I think, I think TCU might, if everything goes well, I think they can stop the pass, uh, but look, we'll see. You guys both are really like, really great um, historians of like college fo- football, which is why like, I want to ask this, like, as just like looking back at 
you know, our our last last few years of the college football playoff. Maybe some of the BCS as well, but like experience is obviously something that Michigan does have. Michigan has been was here last year. They faced, um, you know, they 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 understand the moment. They faced Georgia, um, you know, held in there for a little while, but um, like some, you know, just looking at the last few years, um, and you know, we've seen you know some teams that don't usually, you know, come to the come to the dance like get there and you know with varying levels of result but um yeah how much is experience gonna play a factor in this game do you think Alexa you can go first yeah I um and I kind of like mentioned this earlier that I really think that um TCU is like Michigan last year you know where you're finally there you're proving everybody wrong you've had some years where you should have won and didn't and whatnot and so you get the media, the the flashy lights, everyone talking about you when they n- normally don't on a national level. And, and that was kind of Michigan last year. Like, oh my gosh, like we're happy to be here. And I'm not saying TCU is a happy to be there kind of team, because like I said, you said, Bobby, they're going to fight and never give up the entire game. But I do, I will say, I do like the fact that Michigan was here last year, got a little bit of a humbling experience, made them a little hungrier, and now we're coming back, you know, and now we know what it it takes. We knew those missing pieces that we needed. We needed a better quarterback and and more than just kind of like a game management type on offense. So um, I, I like that leg up that Michigan has here against TCU in that aspect. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, that experience and the lack thereof last year uh, was a reason why Michigan did not do very well against Georgia. It's when you get to the playoffs and then the national championship, the level rises to a different level than you've seen all season. And you have to respond to that. And if you don't know what that's like, if you've never really dealt with that, it's, it, 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 it's hard to adjust. It's hard to, um, hard to handle. And I feel like, uh, I, I feel like TCU is going to be tested there. And I think, that experience that Michigan had, that desi- that that feeling, they they know what it's like to go against, you know, a a a big solid team of that caliber in a moment like that. Um, I think that's going to be a big difference maker for them. Uh, but you know, like here's the thing, TCU, nobody thought they would be here. Uh, this was a six and six like projected team from my, 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 one of my best friends, uh, big TCU guy was like, this is a six and sixteen. They're not going to go that far. And somehow did this. So they've faced the moment before. They've they've been hit in the mouth a billion times and bounced back. So we'll see how it goes. But it 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 is different in the playoffs. It is it it's a it's a totally different standard of football. Um, and it just uh, it it'll it'll get you if you're not ready. Keys to victory for uh, TCU, Bobby. Right, right. Um. So I think Sonny Dykes is right on the right on the money here. Uh, stop the run, you know. Get get Michigan off the field as fast as you can. Don't let them dictate the time of possession. And uh, when you're when when TCU is on offense, you know, be electric. Big plays, you know. Make 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 Max Duggan comfortable. Uh, if he can if he can just play with poise, control that game, and uh, you know, not let the what I imagine to be an overwhelmingly Michigan crowd, uh, you know, really pile down and make that moment bigger than it is. 
uh, I think TCU can operate really, really well and make this a great, great ball game um, and potentially win it. Just, 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 it's all about poise, 100% about poise. Um, and yeah, let, just, just let it, let it ride, I guess. Keys to Michigan, I mean, keys to victory for Michigan, Lexi. Um, disrupting Duggan's um, whole aura, you need that defensive line to be pressuring nonstop. Um, that's going to be huge. And just taking care of the ball, um, getting turnovers, defense need, you know, maybe get a couple plays, interceptions, really build off momentum, but not turning the ball over when we were on offense, and just period. Because this, like we said, is the biggest stage. You you need to take care of the ball. And, you know, I agree with Bobby. Poise is, is where it is. And great teams with poise win championships. So that's going to definitely be the key here. But it's I need to see pressure on Max nonstop. I need him, like you said, the key is for him to feel comfortable. I need him to be uncomfortable. That's going to be the whole case to, to dismantle that TCU offense. So. May the best team win. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game for sure. This is going to be a really good one. Michigan's favored by seven and a half. Um, over under is 58 and a half. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's a strength on strength game for, for sure with uh, Michigan's um, defense. But Michigan's really well balanced, which is why they're here. Um, TCU pretty good. Um, and at finding ways to win, playing scrappy. A uh, really good offense, totaling about 475 yards per game um, and about six in points per game. So should be a um, a great one. Prediction, um, I'm, I'll go first. Um, I, I think I think Michigan um, – I think Michigan's too, like, well-balanced to lose this game, honestly. I, t- TCU – the way TCU wins games really scares me, though. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really, like, am nervous about um, – if I was a Michigan fan, I'd be nervous about playing a team that just like find ways, you know, to win. Um, and so that would be in the back of my mind. But um, I like Michigan's balance on offense and defense. I like Michigan's experience. Um, I think Harbaugh is ready for this moment and ready to take, to, to, to take the next step um, in this game. So I like Michigan. Probably, probably, um, if, if I was going to bet this, I'd probably take TCU plus seven and a half, but um, I like Michigan to win close. <sighs> I am, I don't even want to say it. I don't even know what a score will be, but like, I, I do agree with you that TCU is probably going to cover this game. Um, I do think Michigan pulls out the victory because just this balance, it's our time. I got to believe it. That's just what I have to believe at this point and, and will believe, but um, TCU is going to cover. I, I really believe. I think we went probably maybe just re- by one touchdown if that's it, you know, but at seven and a half is like a little too tricky to, to, to really, you know, think that we're going to take that. Yeah. For me, look, the, here's the theme of TCU all season long, really other than the Oklahoma game. Um, they get off to a bad start, claw their way back in, win the game. Um, and you can do that against Oklahoma State. You can do that against uh, Kansas State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Baylor. You can't do that against Michigan. Uh, if they do that again, like they've been doing all the season, this is who they've been. Uh, if, if they do not change into a more consistent, um, aggressive team, 
if they are not the aggressor, if they do not get off to a good start, they're going to lose this ball game. And I think they do. Uh, I think the Michigan, I think Michigan is too focused. They've been here before the lights aren't big for them. And I think they step up and, and, and bury TCU in a hole that they can't recover from. I think TCU has the offensive firepower to make this a good game to stick with Michigan and find a way to claw back, but it won't be enough. It just, it just, to me, I, I don't see it be enough. I think TCU probably backdoors this. I liked plus nine and a half a lot more than I liked plus seven. Um, but it, look, I, I just think they're going to, they're it's the moment's going to be too much. Michigan, the physicality is going to be too much. And I think the fro- uh, frogs fall in this one, but um, you know, Michigan, you know, I, I think they get that well-deserved moment that they have been waiting for, for an entire calendar year. Um, I just, I feel it. Clean sweep for Michigan. We love that. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that line moves for sure. I did, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. But yeah, um, should be a great game. Let's move on to the next uh, game in the college football playoff semifinal, which will be in Atlanta Saturday at 8 Eastern. Um, it'll be Ohio State and Georgia. Um, Ohio State fans better travel well because, you know, if not, that's basically a Georgia home game. But um, not not too worried about that. Um, my question for this, this matchup is which unit – are you guys more confident in Ohio State's offense? You know, we, we know how good it is with C.J. Stroud and, and um, you know, all their weapons. They're averaging about 44.5 points per game. Um, Majority's defense is, is, you know, as great as it was last year. Um, you know, one of the tops in the country have been that way all year. Um, which unit are, are you more confident in, Ohio State's offense or Georgia's defense? How could it not be Georgia's defense for me? Uh, I think the dogs have been excellent this season. And when they are, when they are faced with high powered offense, like that Tennessee team that strolled into, uh, into Sanford stadium, they handled them. They, they made that, that uh, it was unreal what they did. They made that high powered Corvette offense look like an Oldsmobile. It was, it was, um, it was next level. So I got, I got to say, um, I think I think Georgia's defense here is going to be very very good. I I like I like them in their backyard uh, to take care of business and really make this a bit of a mud fight. Yeah, I mean, I saw you. Know, we all saw how Ohio State's offense even just fared at home um, in front of a roaring crowd. They're just not the same Ohio State team that they've always been. And I'm just going to be capitalizing on that. Like Georgia's defense, I think, is going to smother them in the same way that that we did. And they, the thing is, is, is the key to Ohio State keeping this a good game, I feel like, will be just um, uh, that defense not giving up big plays like they did with, with Michigan. Because they gave up big plays, those two you know huge plays of Donovan Edwards, and, and then, then you go into that. So Georgia's defense is going to be the one to really step up here and, and suffocate that Ohio State offense, and it's going to be glorious to watch. Yeah, I agree. I would I would definitely trust Georgia's defense, especially for the two reasons you guys just mentioned, what we saw Michigan do to Ohio State and what we saw Georgia do to Tennessee. I mean, the Tennessee offense was, like, on, like, hot, not even on fire, like, grease fire, like, crazy, like, you know, number one in, in every category, and Georgia came in and completely, um, you know, just made it not even look competitive. 
Um, and I think the, the games, if you look at, um, you know, the weapons and, and, you know, the way the offenses run and the quarterbacks is all very similar to Ohio State. I mean, yeah, to Tennessee for Ohio State. So I think that blueprint can be used um, for, you know, to for to get the same results. Honestly, I, I trust Georgia's defense much, much, much more. And we've also seen, like, um, you know, when C.J. Stroud is uncomfortable, like, I, I've not seen too many moments where he's, like, able to, you know, take it, take it into another gear and make that extra play or whatever that you need him to make to be able to, um, to uh, you know, win the games. In some circumstances, I'm not saying it's never happened. I think I've seen, uh, you know, some occasions where they're able to, like, survive um, and, you know, pull things out, and he keeps uh, everything in control. I'm thinking about the Maryland game, and, and there's probably some other occasions, but I just don't see that, like, Bryce Young, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other examples on the fly, but, you know, just the, the, that ability to, like, all right, uh, I need to, you know, get into another gear here and and, and make another play. So, um, yeah, I would be nervous about, about that if I was an Ohio State fan. But um, let's talk about the keys to victory for both of these teams. What does Ohio State – Need to do to to win the game if they if they want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of, I I did say it earlier, but just not give up big plays. Um, don't let Stetson and, and and company get those big plays. Get you know, kind of get that motivation and that and that push to really to kill it on offense. Their defense needs to really step up in this game and control it before it gets out of hand. <laughs> I think for me, the Buckeyes need to match Georgia's intensity. Uh, they have the recruiting. They have all of that where these these players are not exactly like, you know, th- this isn't a David Goliath situation. It both are both are pretty solid here. The Buckeyes are not lacking in physicality, but they are lacking in uh, I think that uh, mental toughness. I think they're uh, they have the size. They just don't. They're not aggressive. Michigan past two years completely dominated them mentally um, and physically. And for me, the Buckeyes need to step up and be tough and really be able to, you know, push back, give Stetson Bennett a hell of a time in the pocket, but also protect CJ Stroud. Let him, you know, be composed, you know, get, get the ball to uh, the playmakers that they have, which of which there are many. And, um, you know, for, for me, that's, that's the biggest thing is match the physicality and not only that embrace the underdog role, Ohio state, almost never an underdog, but when they are, I don't know, they have this attitude to them where I feel like they're, they can be dangerous. Look at that Clemson semifinal a couple years ago in 2020 went out, clobbered them, uh, or look that, that year they made their magical run in 2014. They were underdogs against Alabama went out, got a massive win. So underdog, the, the Buckeyes as dogs, as the underdogs, that's, that's a dangerous position to be in if you're Georgia. And look, if, if Ohio State can play to that, use it to energize them a bit, I think that'll be very helpful. Keys to victory for Georgia. Just dismantling Ohio State, you know. Uh, well, and, and the key is too, though, and this is what even Michigan players said that once you get in their head, 
it's really game over. You know, they all start kind of chirping at each other. They all start fighting. It's not really a tight knit team. So the keys for Georgia is going to be to get mentally in their head. And that is going to be how you dismantle Ohio state. At least Ryan days, Ohio state. (laughs) Yeah. 100% make them fold. You got to make them fold. You got to let the noise and the mistakes and all of that get to them because the Buckeyes are at their best when they're clobbering up on the Rutgers, the Iowa's, <laughs> the North, the Northwesterns of the world when it's not cold and rainy. They can't even beat Northwestern convincingly <laughs> when it's cold. Like it's, they only play well when everything's right, everything's pristine, and they're playing a, a garbage team. They can't go toe to toe with teams that are actually on their level. Even Notre Dame they struggled with, who mm-hmm. wasn't even that good. So my thing is, if you're Georgia, impose that on them. Make them quit. You, They are a tougher, more physically, they're a more disciplined team. They are a more confident team. And if you go out, hit them in the mouth, they will fold, they'll collapse. Because frankly, I don't think they have that in them. I think they just are... You know, and not to be overly critical on Ohio State to try to, you know, support the Michigan, you know, listeners we have here. But, you know, I I think Ohio State has lost every single bit of toughness they have. They they are not a very strong team. Um, They're they I, I just I feel like Ryan Day does not really have that, you know, ability to take a team and win close games and. You know, he, he doesn't have that fight instilled in them because they have mm-hmm. they have no adversity. They have no issues like that. They just go in and smoke teams. And mm-hmm. the second anything comes up, they struggle. And he didn't learn from it last year when it, when, when Michigan went in, went in, smacked him in the big house. Uh, they got smacked again. Will will they learn from this lesson at any point? This is the time to do it because they were just mm-hmm. gifted. Uh, a golden opportunity to make a playoff run, a uh, national title run. So yeah. if it doesn't happen now, I don't think it ever will. Yeah. Every, every my is, ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything's too easy for them. I think there's, I mean, they're going to, they're going to, we'll see what happens. I think they're going to wake up Paul for sure. But yeah, I think this is not the type of game that, that, um, you know, Ryan day is equipped to necessarily win. For Ohio State, I don't think they have the quarterback to do it um, or the coach. And I think Georgia is just like, you know, trying like, I mean, we'll see what happens in the end. But I think when you watch Georgia, they play with such a championship mentality. It's like, you know, they've only won one title and, you know, since 1980. But it's like in this moment, like it's almost like the same sort of focus and execution that you see out of, you know, teams that go on to be dynasties like, you know, Alabama a few years ago or the Patriots or the Warriors. Like, it's just so you, you can see it in them. And I, I don't think they're going to let Ohio State stand in their way. Um, I think we all sort of uh, are leaning one way, but uh, prediction, I'll, I'll say I have Georgia winning this game. Um, I will stay away from the line. But, um, yeah, I like Georgia a lot. What is the line? Oh, the line side. Like, Georgia's favored by six and a half, over under 62 and a half. I'll probably stay away from both, but um, yeah, I like Georgia. I like Georgia to win this game. I like Go Georgia's. W- <laughs> yeah. Go, dogs. 
<laughs> I, I like Georgia as well. Uh, you know, especially on their home turf, they do not lose in the state of Georgia. They don't even make it an issue usually. So I, I think they find a way, you know, to really dominate this one and uh, beat the Buckeyes to the punch early. Yeah, I think I think that this is going to be a game when Georgia wins comfortably. I think Ohio State might kind of come out quick and 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 tough right away, but they're just going to get dwindled down through this game um, with how tough Georgia is on defense and offense. So, um, you know, give me them by at least two touchdowns. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we've got um, two great games for this. Uh, the first round of the college football playoff this year. Looking forward to both. Looking forward to see how things shake out. And then we're going to do this again, um, you know, right after that and, and talk about uh, which which one of these four teams uh, will be champion. But um, exciting stuff. Um, let's move on to the NFL where we've got uh, the first game we're going to talk about uh, will – be a big factor in the lowly NFC South. Um, <laughs> that's Panthers at Buccaneers. It's kind of crazy how, like, you know, yeah, this is the game that will essentially decide who wins the NFC South. And Buccaneers, <laughs> we've seen them, uh, you know, sort of tumble their way to this point, um, winning another close last-minute game against the Cardinals, who were on the third-string quarterback um, last – what was this? This past Monday – um, or Sunday night, that was absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, this is the game. Panthers and Buccaneers Sunday at one o'clock. Um, Bucks are favored by three. Um, over under is thirty nine and a half right now. Um, the Panthers, if they win the game, they'd have to also beat the Saints the following week to win the division. The Buccaneers, I think, it's just winning their random, but I'm not. I think somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. But um, in, either way, this game kind of decides the division. Um, J.C. Horn, who uh, has been incredible this year for the Panthers, their cornerback. Um, I believe he will not play this game, which is why you may have seen that the Hornets, I mean, excuse me, the Panthers signed uh, Josh Norman um, as sort of a, a filler because they've had a lot of injuries at, um, at cornerback. But, uh, yeah, so status is up in the air. Uh, we, we don't know how that's going to go, but, um, yeah, this is – it'll be a big blow for the Panthers defense if he's not there. But um, the Buccaneers have sort of, again, you know, not been great at running the ball, uh, not been great at scoring points, but finding ways to win. Uh, the Panthers um, have Sam Darnold at quarterback, uh, <laughs> are great at running the ball, uh, finding ways to win. They had a big win. Um, against Detroit this past Sunday, which I'm disappointed we didn't have a show before that because I wanted <laughs> I wanted there to be so much trash talk leading up to that game, and we didn't get to have it. But um, Lex, I'll start with you. What's the, what are the keys? You you got you got to watch the Panthers up close and personal um, against the Lions. How are the Panthers going to win? How are the Panthers going to beat the Buccaneers this weekend? You know. Making Sam Darnold look like a great quarterback is never going to sit well with me. For some, you know, but it's just play like they did, you know, against the Lions. Uh, you know, Lions have been one of the hottest teams right now. And, you know, they pretty easily, you know, ran through it. So it's really just going to be being confident with their offense, being confident with Sam Darnold there. 
Um, maybe getting in, in Brady's head a little bit because it seems to be easier to do these days um, than before. But uh, just play with the intensity that they did against my team. And I'm pretty sure that they could beat the Bucks too, especially in Tampa. But it's just really the confidence factor there and, and, and having that little fire that they still have left where it was kind of like, oh, we're not going to make the playoffs. But you got that little spark now. You got that momentum of of beating the hot one of the hottest teams that were in the NFL and, 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 and going on. So, you know, just run with it. Keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, they're the hotter team right now. They've uh, been on an insane run, one I did not expect. Um, and you, you just kind of got to let it ride, you know, at this point. You know, don't don't worry about, oh, we need to beat Tom Brady at home to try to make the playoffs. Once you get, like, those type of stuff going through your head, uh, it can be a bit daunting, I imagine. So it's really, it's really just kind of keep doing what you've been doing, stay hot, and, you know, hope it all works out for the best. What are the keys to victory for the Buccaneers? Oh, man. Um, the pucks are just a total mess. Um, I guess just keep doing this thing they always been doing, which is survive. Um, just find a way to win at this point. You know, I, I, th- this whole division to me is a, a totally, completely, it's a crapshoot. It's a mess. Um, and, really just kind of take care of business at home, which is something I will say the, the Panthers for as hot of the, as they've been, they've only won one road game this season. So if, if they can just assert their, their, you know, their dominance, assert being who they are, be like, you know what, what we're the bucks. We have Tom Brady. We're better than, the, than them. These guys, these, these plucky underdogs, you know, they, you, who do they think they are coming in here? trying to think they could win the division. You know, they, it's, it's all about, I, in my opinion, that confidence of like, we know who we are. We've done more than they have. And let's go out and win a game. Yeah, the biggest thing I think is, um, you know, just looking at it, like the biggest thing I think is going to that determine the last game where, granted it was at Carolina, but the Panthers beat the Buccaneers 21-3. That was a shock. Um, but they played great defense and they ran the ball. And so – I, I don't think this is a game where you can go out and trot out, all right, Sam Darnold go win it for us. You know, Sam Darnold versus Tom Brady is going to be a losing uh, battle for the Panthers. I think it's I think the biggest thing is going to be, hey, let's keep Tom Brady on the bench. Let's run the piss out of the ball and, um, you know, stop this offense from the Buccaneers that's been inept and – you know, most importantly, don't let Tom Brady get the ball last. Like, really, that's kind of been the story of a lot of their wins. Um, the Cardinals, I think some other they, – they beat some other team um, not long ago on a last-minute drive. I want to say it was um, – I got to look at their schedule. They've had a couple of these wins where they're just going down the field and, and – uh, the Saints, they're, they're – yeah, on the last drive. Um, can't let – can't let it come to that. Um, gotta be. They have a blueprint. They've done it already. They just have to do it again in Tampa. Um, but you know, obviously, lacking major pieces on the defense side of the ball, it's going to be t- difficult. But um, yeah, somebody has to win this division. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, 
that 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 is what it is. That's why we're talking about this game. This, uh, you know, this it has to happen. Somebody's going to host. One of these two teams are going to host a playoff game, guys. So uh, <laughs> it's it's important. Um, all right, prediction time for uh, this game. Um, I I'm going to just go ahead and go with the Buccaneers. I think um, the Buccaneers are with a lot of their flaws. I just think like you know. Betting against Tom Brady, especially knowing what's at stake, um, I think it's just hard. And I don't think um, – I think losing J.C. is a huge blow for the Panthers, especially, um, you know, when you're looking at, all right, somebody that, you know, shuts down, you know, your best receiver or key receiver. Like, not having that on the field and trying to make up for that is going to be difficult. It's going to expose – other parts of the team. So um, I'd have to go to the Buccaneers for that reason. Um, I, I think I trust Tom Brady to make the right plays to win more than I trust Sam Garner to do, to do the same. Um, and the Panthers were great at running the ball last week. Replicating that another week in a row was always difficult in the NFL no matter who you play. So I'll take the, the Buccaneers to win the game. Yeah, I've got I've got the Bucks here too. I know uh, I, I'm still on the thing of not betting against Tom Brady, but it's also because this is big. You know, winning the division. There's a lot on the line in this game, and 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 Tom knows that. So it's like I think that he's gonna clean up all this little stuff that's kind of been minuscule throughout these last you know few losses they've had and get it together. And especially building off that momentum, even though it was like a last second field goal in overtime to win it. You know, that's that motivation that, that Brady needs. He needs those wins because when he wins, that's when things go well and, and things continue to go well. So you just got to keep capitalizing on that. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I think Tampa finds a way, gets a win, um, and uh, wins the NF- NFC South. Yeah, Buccaneers is definitely capable of winning a playoff game. Um, I, I think they are. I think it depends on the matchup, but. I think the Buccaneers are capable of winning a playoff game, and they know that. And I think that all they're trying to do is get there, and I think they will. Um, and I think it'll be this game that uh, spring springs them into that. But um, definitely another stay away from betting perspective. But again, the Buccaneers are favored by three. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens in this game. Now, the next game. Also may decide some playoff positioning, um, and it's the NFC Norther. We've got the Vikings at Packers. The Packers winning a couple games, showing some momentum, uh, showing that hey, we're not we're not punting on the season. We want to make it to the playoffs. We don't want to, you know, put Jordan Love out there and just and even though his contract's coming up. Um, doesn't matter. We want to win some games and get to the playoffs because Aaron Rodgers, as long as he's in the dance, he's got a chance, right? That's the mentality going on in Green Bay. This game Sunday, 425 Eastern. Uh, my first question, though, was about a Minnesota Viking who is literally breaking records of one of the best receivers of all time. Forget Minnesota Viking receivers. One of the best receivers of all time, Randy Moss. Justin Jefferson broke his uh, the Vikings receiving record that Randy Moss held. Um, should Jay Jetta be getting more buzz for the MVP? 
I think so, because it ain't Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Kirk Cousins is not the reason why they're 12 or 3. It's just yeah. Cousins. So. I mean, Jefferson's <laughs> just been, like, insane. You know, I just keep thinking about that one catch that was just, like, I had to rewind it, like, a hundred times. Like, how on earth did he catch that? Um, like, those kind of plays he's been making all season long. So, I think it should definitely be getting MVP buzz. Um, you know, he's he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, no, I think he deserves consideration. It's it's hard to give a wide receiver MVP uh, just in general because, you know, the amount of actual plays that they touch the ball. But Jefferson just he, – he, he, he is the Vikings. He breaks that team completely open, and he's so dynamic. I, I think he definitely deserves consideration. If there's a wide receiver out there that does, it's clearly him. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I mean, a non-quarterback, I mean, you've got um, – Mahomes, I think, is the betting favorite. Um, Jalen Hurts is injured, so, um, you know, may not necessarily be in the running anymore. You've got Josh Allen. You've got a couple other names in there. I think Joe Burrow. But for me, um, for me, Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson. Um, um, you know, Justin Jefferson is, you know, Justin is, Jefferson is, is a huge part of the reason why the Vikings are successful. Um, on, top um, of on top of the fact of, of, on top of the fact that, on top of the fact that, um, um, you know, he's so consistent and everyone's going to get out here with him to make plays, especially some of those late games that Bobby Lynch might mention, or you might mention, and he's making these making the plays that he didn't make for the Vikings to win. So, so yeah, just yeah, just definitely should definitely more attention. attention. And I believe at the beginning of the season, the season, season conversation, I was even waving the flag for him to be called. called um, um, the best receiver, receiver uh, in, in, in the NFL, NFL. I think. Um, um, you know, you know, Sean, Sean and some other people, people were, were uh, very, very uh, out of the out of the Cup, but I was like, no. Justin Jefferson is is, is, that, is guy. that guy, and he's proven his proven this year. And yeah, he's definitely definitely beating people for sure. Um, um, all right, my, all next, right, question. my next question, Bobby, you good? good? Uh, sorry, yeah, my uh, my computer is losing its mind right now. It's okay, uh, okay. refusing to charge, but I will. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm sorry, y'all. No, you're good. No, you're good. Um. The Packers, uh, the Packers can, I think, have to win this game and the next one, um, and they still might need some help to make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, like I guess this is sort of going into the prediction because you'd have to have them winning this game in order to think they make the playoffs. But um, let's say that let's say they make it. Let's say they make it. Do you feel like the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Can make some noise in the playoffs. Maybe they're like a wild card, seventh seed or whatever. But like, do you think they're they'll be able to, you know, get past, get, get make some noise in the playoffs if they win these next couple games? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like whatever like oomph that they need to get into the playoffs. Is going to be all that's like left in the tank at the end. You know, I just don't think that they have enough and have been so good. And we see this every year, even on Aaron's best years. Okay. He ends up losing in the NFC championship, you know? So um, I can't sit here and say this team, this Aaron Rodgers, is going to do that like he has in previous years. But can they, 
sneak in the playoffs? Yes, I think they do. Um, but I don't think he makes any noise. Uh, it's not it's enough, not enough anymore. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I for one, I'm shocked that they got this far. But I will say, um, look, the, the fact that they're even in this thing is wild. So why not? I think they can if they get in somehow. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're going to legs. I feel like they fall flat if they get in. I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers fumble the bag with more support than he has this year. So I don't see them necessarily <laughs> um, necessarily doing much um, in the playoffs, especially without the advantage of playing in Green Bay, which they obviously won't have if they make it because they'll be a wild card team. Um so, yeah, I have my doubts about them even making it, but also making any noise once they get to that point. All right. They are favored by three in this game. The Vikings have won a lot of close games. They're 11-0 in one-score games. A lot of people think maybe this is the week their luck runs out. Um, Lexi, who you got in this, in this game, Vikings or Packers? I I hate when I have to rely on Kirk Cousins to do something because I feel like it always ends up falling short when I need to really put my faith in him. But I need them to go in and destroy the Packers. So I'm riding with the Vikings. Let's go. I I don't know. I, I'm going with the, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I feel like the Vikings have kind of sputtered towards the end of the season here, and the Packers, you know, this this turnaround they pulled off has. Um, I don't know. It's been insane. It, it's accounted Rogers out earlier this season. Went on a whole rant about that, but I'm kind of thinking he's he's back a little bit. So I, I'm going to go with Green Bay at home. You know, at Lambeau. I think they find a way to get a win here. Skull, give me the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so yeah. I I was I will pat myself on the back for. Having them, predicting them to win the NFC North, happy for them. Hopefully, Kirk Cousins can make some noise in the playoffs as well. But um, I like the Vikings here to take care of business against the Green Bay Packers. Keep them out of the playoffs. Don't let them threaten you. You know, get the, you know, they took care of business the first time. Go up there, handle your business, and let, you know, let them, uh, let them not even be a, a concern of yours down the line. Um, all right, our last NFL game we're going to talk about is a good one from Monday Night Football. It's the Bills at the Bengals. Um, my question to you all, Bob, Bobby, I'll swing it to you first. Um, who's the best team in the NFL? Is it the Bills, the Bengals, or somebody else? Ooh, this is a tough question because I don't think that – it, this has been a league where there hasn't been one clear-cut great team. Um, but for me, I feel like all things considered, I think it's Buffalo. Um, I think, you know, I think Josh Allen has had things together. You know, they've had low points, but overall, where my money's worth, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills as the best team in the league. Uh, I feel like they're just a little bit more balanced than Kansas City. Kansas City's also also up there for me. Bengals also have come on pretty hot towards uh, here, towards at the end. Um, but I'll... And, you know, look, the Niners, also excellent. But, you know, I still don't fully trust Brock Purdy yet. So that's been a bit of a concern. So until further for further notice, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills as the best team in the NFL. But it's uh, it, it's this playoff, is it's anyone's game. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, it's almost like I'm going to mirror what you say, but I was definitely going to throw Kansas City in there as being one of the best two. Um, but Bills are just overall, um, you know, balance, defense, offense. We've got the big players on each end. So uh, I'm just going to go with the Bills here on the overall. But Kansas City is always dangerous. And you know, the Bengals have been on fire ever since Jamar Chase, like, came back and is healthy. It's like that connection's back. Uh, they're getting hot at the right time, you know, toward the end of the season here. But I'm still going to have faith overall in, in the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals are a great team. They find ways to win close games. Um, very similar to the Vikings. They're very good in that aspect. But the Bills, you guys are absolutely right. I mean, they're so balanced, right? Top 10 at points per game, points allowed per game, total yards per game. Passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, yards allowed, you know, all the above. Passing, rushing yards allowed. So to be top 10 in all those categories means, like, you're balanced com- completely. The one thing I'm concerned about is um, Josh Allen's play down the stretch has been a little bit erratic. But if he can turn that around for playoff time and be more consistent, that's going to be a huge thing for them. The Chiefs are really good. They have the best quarterback. They have um, probably the best coach in football. Um, I like the Chiefs a lot. I, w- I wouldn't take anything away from the Chiefs as being the best team, um, except they don't really, you know, run the ball that well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of love about a lot of teams towards the top. I agree with you, Bobby. Uh, the Niners have a great roster, but uh, Brock Purdy, you know, being a rookie quarterback is only going to take you so far in the playoffs. You know, he's succeeding right now because teams will have a lot of tape on, on, on you know, Brock in that offense, but you know, once they do, you're going to be able to defend them better. And you know, usually it's the rookie quarterbacks or the young quarterbacks in the playoffs that make the mistake that kills you. So, um, I, I would say that for them. And then the Eagles, the Eagles are great, but loss losing Lane Johnson is huge, a huge loss for them. Um, you know, on the offensive line. So, I don't know if the Eagles are necessarily as, as great moving forward with that loss. So, uh yeah, I think I think it's the Bills for me too. It's my long winning answer saying the Bills, man. But the Bills are just are so balanced. You know, Josh Allen's gonna have to correct a lot of things before the playoffs in order for me to completely trust them. But I like I like the Bills top to bottom. Pretty good team. Love Sean McDermott as a coach. Not many complaints uh, for them. So um, yeah, but let's take let's take that a step further. Okay, we all agree the Bills are probably the best team in, in football, but which team in the NFL do you – oh, sorry, not not in the NFL. Um, between the Bills and the, and the Bengals, which team do you trust more in the playoffs? Ooh, I just – yeah, that, that is a good question. Um, I'm going to have to say the Bills. I just feel like in the back of Josh's mind, he just keeps thinking about, like, what happened last year and everything that, like, you know, happened with that defense not being able to stop, and they built the defense up a little bit for them and whatnot. So I just am going to trust that, um, you know, that hunger of wanting to get back to where they were um, a little bit more than the Bengals. Yeah, I – it's tricky because both of these teams have executed incredibly well in the playoffs. Um, Buffalo just keeps getting on the short end of the stick in Arrowhead, um, you know, but – Look, the Bengals, you know, they won at Arrowhead last year. You know, they've done it. They've made the crazy runs before. I'm going to go Buffalo just because I feel like even though the Bengals, you know, had their great run last year, 
They're still really great this year. I kind of feel like Buffalo. Um, I, I just trust them to kind of find a way this year. It's really yeah. good, though. Great question. It'll be interesting because, I mean, I think it, who whoever has home field advantage will play a lot um, into this. And this is a big game for that, right? I mean, the Bills are 12 and 3, the Bengals are 11 and 4. Um, you have the Chiefs at 12 and 3. So, I mean, you want to be the team at the end of the day that has the number one seed, at the very least, the number two seed. So, you know, in case somebody gets upset, you have your home field advantage. That's going to be a, that's going to be a huge part of it. And I think when we talk about the NFL playoffs um, at the end of the regular season, that'll probably be, you know, a big part of, you know, my answer in that. But I actually trust the Bengals a little bit more. And what what got me was the way they played against the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. Now, granted, we just talked about how bad the Buccaneers are. And, you know, the, the Buccaneers lost in a way that bad teams lose. You're up 17 points and the other team comes back. But seeing the way that, like, okay, you're playing against Tom Brady, you're in, you're in Tampa Bay, you're on the road, a team's up 17 points on you, and the confidence that that whole entire team played with to make that comeback, you know, Joe Burrow, the co- coaching staff, the offense, for them to, like, master that comeback and then, you know, I think they scored, like, what, 3,500 points? Like, that's a sign of a very dominant and confident team. So I think that makes me feel like over the Bills who sort of tend to, like, keep games too close sometimes and, you know, keep let teams hang around a little bit, I feel like uh, I have a little bit more faith in the Bengals and playoff situations, not only because of last year, but because of some of the things they've done, they've done this year. Um, and I like the, the confidence and the consistency that Joe Burrow plays with as well on top of that. Um, Bills are favored by one and a half, over-unders 49 and a half. Uh, Lexi, who you got for this game? Uh, so I know I, I did say that, you know, Bills are the best team. Um, but with this being at home at the Bengals and, and you know, needing uh, to just kind of carry this momentum right now, I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. Bengals haven't lost at home since week one. Oh my uh, I, gosh! I know. Yeah. <laughs> they, Without they, knowing they, that, I made a good prediction. <laughs> yeah, they started. They started zero and two. Lost to the lost to the Steelers, and then lost to the Cowboys, and then since then, just one other loss. So they've been really as hot as you can get, uh, and I think that hot streak is going to continue in Cincinnati. Uh, I think the Bengals win at home. I think um, these two teams, as close as it gets. I'm excited. I hope they play in the playoffs. I think that would be a great matchup there. Oh, uh, and yeah. I think we get a little bit of a playoff preview here, if you ask me. So I think the Bengals uh, pull it out. I think it's going to be a great game. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, as we've seen with uh, with the Bills this year, they have they play a lot of really close games where they eventually like lose by three and weird stuff happens. I think we get that happening again. But once again, I think we lose close. Yeah, I like I like the Bills actually in this game. And I just finished up. I have know the Bengals, but um, I do like the Bills. I think if they're the, they're the team that we all um, say that they they are in terms of being well balanced and being a really good team, 
I think they'll take care of business here. I think they should. I think this is going to go a long way to proving who, who they can be in the playoffs. Um, and so I like the Bills coming in, in, in there and winning this game. But, man, the Bengals are tough. You know, I'm not surprised with either result. Honestly, from a betting perspective, I'd probably just take Bengals plus the points and leave it at that. Like, that's pretty I, – I wouldn't necessarily, like, put my money on the, the Bills to win or the Bengals to necessarily win. I'd probably just say Bengals cover and, you know, leave it at that. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I really like the Bills to come into Cincinnati and prove something. Um, the Bengals are 5-10 against the spread. Um, so again, from a betting perspective, something to think about, but, um, yeah, like, I like the Bengals. I mean, I like the Bills a lot for this, for this game. Um, all right. Lock of the week. Now it's been a couple weeks since we did this. So we got to recap the locks that we put forth two weeks ago. Um, and I had, this is like, again, two weeks ago, guys, the Dolphins came to LA and played the Chargers. I had the over. Um, it was the under. I forgot what the score was. But anyway, I took an L. Bobby took the easy, <laughs> easy, easy, easiest lock of the week we've ever it had. Shameless. Um, and it was Caleb Williams to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, Caleb Williams did win the Heisman Trophy, folks, if you were not aware. Um, actually, it's funny, though, because the voting results were like, I mean, I knew Caleb was going to win, but, like, the way that they came out after that surprised me. I think, like, Max Duggan was – I thought I, I thought it was going to be, like, Caleb first, you know, uh, Stroud to, you know, Stetson Bennett fourth. I mean, the the, the way – if you look at, like, the, the voting results, like, I was, after one, I was completely shocked about, like, the order in which people voted. So, um, crazy year for the Heisman Trophy, but – Caleb Williams winning was an easy call. Bobby got the easy win. Um, and Lexi had the Buccaneers 49ers under um, and would have hit if not the Buccaneers got blew, blew out uh, <laughs> 35 to 7. So, um, yeah, a little bit a little bit off on that one, but took an L. So, what does that leave us? Everybody is now tied in the standings at a glorious <laughs> – Four and eight on the season, so uh, we are all uh, we're all we're all mid together. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> just a big pile of well, mid. Bobby <laughs> can pick first and see who's the winner. Yeah, yeah. I told I. I, I new walk for the week, Bobby. It was dirty to do that, I know, but you know, a- after you picked uh, what Michigan straight up against Purdue when they were seventeen point favorites. I'm like, I feel like I can do this. So yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, let's go. Let's go on. Let's do. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bengals uh, at home. Home dogs plus one and a half here. I, I think they, uh, as mentioned a little bit earlier, they are excellent at defending home turf, and I think they get it done. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, but uh, no, give me give me the Bengals um, with that spread that close. Uh, so, sorry, you had the Bengals plus one and a half or just Bengals? Yeah, plus one and a half. I like that. Thanks. Lexi, you want to go next? I don't, I don't really yeah, I don't know the order. what way Max wanted to do it. Um, I'm going to do the under for pa- the Vikings at the Packers. The, the over-under is 47. I'm going under. I think it's going to be 
Uh, you know, Vikings might go off, but it's me a kind of a dud on Aaron's end. At least I'm praying for it. So under over under 47 under. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah. Awesome. A lot of good things to look at this week. This is a tough week for lock of the week because there's so many games I think are going to be competitive. And we try to pick like pretty competitive games, but these I think all these games are going to be really, really competitive. Very hard to predict um, from both the over-under perspective and the lines. Um, yeah, so I'm very confident that Georgia will beat Ohio State. I'm not going to mess around with the line. I think I'm just going to take Georgia to beat Ohio State outright. That's probably the easiest bet of our games um, because I just don't think Ohio State has it like that. Um, although I would love to see a Michigan Ohio State final, like that would be like crazy. Yeah. Insane. My, no, my anxiety does not need that. Does not. Oh, I mean, let me gosh. be clear. I am not afraid to face them on the national championship level, but I, my heart just doesn't need it yet. Maybe in a few years. I, I gotta Ooh. say, by the way, an Ohio State Michigan final indoors just doesn't feel right. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh yeah. It would be in SoFi, not in the Coliseum. Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. The weather would be too nice, and I don't like that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I will that, say, if they did it at the Rose Bowl, though, now yeah. that would be the a hell of a sight. Yeah, oh, that, yeah that'd be insane. Um. Yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, as a person that uh, had to survive, like Duke, you would see in the Final Four. It, I. I definitely would not wish that anxiety on anyone. So I understand you, Lexi. But, yeah, I'll take Georgia to win outright um, as my lock of the week. And, uh, yeah, that that we'll see how that goes. But great show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, just to review, we got locks of the week is me taking Georgia to win outright. Bobby's got Biggles plus one and a half. Um, Lexi's got Vikings Packers under 47. We'll see how that goes. And we'll be back. Um, for some more football talk and some more, hopefully, exciting, exciting uh, discussion and some result and some good results, some good vibes, sending out good vibes for everyone uh, and their teams watching. Uh, it should be a really fun weekend. I can't wait to discuss it when we come back, guys. Got to give hail. a go blue one more time for my boys. Let's go. <laughs> All hail Hypno Toad. Let's go, Frogs. <laughs> All right, y'all take care. Bye.